Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Four Verticals Podcast. This is the official 2022 relaunch episode. I'm so, so happy to be back recording, um, to be back in front of my laptop with my microphone on my left side, um, and just recording in a space that is, you know, comfortable and away from all distractions. Um, I'm super, super, super excited to start it back up, along with, along with, my TikTok that I promised I would start uploading content to a while ago, um, I actually have one TikTok queued and ready to go, which I'm going to drop as soon as I drop this episode. They'll drop simultaneously at the same time. Um, I will let you guys know what that TikTok is when we get to it uh, in you know, some of our topics for this episode. But uh, yeah, 2022 is going to be a very good year for the Four Verticals podcast and for myself. Um, um, you know, what, what, what do they say? I'm, I'm manifesting it right now. So without further ado, let's get into some of the topics we have on this week's episode. We'll start off with the college football playoff national championship recap and breakdown. If you were living under a rock, Monday at 7 standard, excuse me, 7 Central, uh, because that's where I live. I live in Central Standard Time Zone. Um, Number, who was was ranked who at the time? Number one ranked Alabama and number three ranked Georgia faced off in the national championship game to decide who would be national champions. And Georgia actually came out on top with a 33 to 18 score. Um, Some of my thoughts while watching this game, uh, it started off very... Very defense heavy in the uh, in the first half. Uh, neither teams were willing to budge. I don't think either team allowed a first uh, a touchdown in the first half, which is pretty good. Um, you had going into the going into halftime, the Georgia was down uh, six to nine. There were a bunch of spectacular plays on the defensive end, um, especially on the Georgia side, to you know limit them to only having few kick only having kicked field goals in in that. Um, <clears throat> in that first half. So uh, a pretty good defensive effort on both sides of the, excuse me, from both teams, rather, uh, come halftime. Um, after halftime, however, Georgia scored in the third quarter, coming off of what I believe was a big, big run from James Cook. If you do not know, James Cook is the brother of Dalvin Cook. Um, James Cook ripped a big one up the middle um, for like 50 or so yards. It might have been 50 or 60 yards. Um, They ended up catching up to him, but it didn't matter because Georgia scored on that possession anyway, on that drive anyway, I should say. Um, And after that, you know, Georgia really, no, wait, I think, I think Alabama scored first in the fourth quarter. They, they, I think, I think Alabama threw a touchdown first in the fourth quarter, and then there was some, there was some drama because I, it was either in the third or fourth quarter. I can't remember. Stinson Bennett had fumbled the ball. Stinson Bennett had fumbled the ball. He was attempting to make a forward pass, um, but they ruled it a fumble. And one of the Alabama players. Ran toward the ran toward the ball on the sideline, and like there there might have been maybe two blades of grass between his foot and the out of bounds marker, and he maintained possession of the ball, ruling in this in this case they ruled it a fumble, and since it was a fumble that would have been recovered by Georgia because remember in college you only have to get one foot in bounds so 
that was a fantastic play. Um, I, I'm not sh- I'm, I, I can't remember if Georgia held Alabama to three on that drive or if they scored. That probably was um, the drive they scored on because that was a fantastic field position for the Alabama offense. Needless to say, in the fourth quarter, it was Georgia's time. Uh, Stenson Bennett played a phenomenal game. Um, 17 of 26, 224 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, there was a late pick six that essentially sealed the game for Georgia. It was a 70, 70 something yard pick six. Um, so, yeah, all in all, the national championship game, um, definitely very entertaining. I can say that I'm, this is what a, uh, this is what a championship game should look like. Um, I maybe would have wanted a little bit more offense in the first half, but you know it was a great defensive effort from both teams anyway. And um, yeah, glad to see that uh, Georgia won and not Alabama. I don't have anything against Alabama, but you know, you you, you sort of get tired of seeing one team win everything, a la Patriots. Um, but yeah, that is that for the College Football Playoff National Championship. Um, Congratulations to Georgia for taking home the National Championship. Congratulations to Stinson Bennett. Congratulations to Kirby Smart and everyone on the team, all of the the staff that helped with the team. And um, yeah, just 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 all around a great performance by a great football team. And I'm very, very, very excited to see what they do next season. Moving on from that and moving on to NFL news, let's recap week 18, if I may. So there were some shenanigans in week 18. Um, The Lions defeated the Packers in a game that no one cared about. Um, No one cared about it because at that point, the Packers had already secured the one seed uh, in the NFC. Didn't really matter who, uh, what happened in that game, but... Um, shout out to the Lions for you know getting a getting a win over the Packers. I believe that's Matt Lafleur's first loss to the Lions since his tenure started as Packers head coach. I believe so. Don't fact check me on that. Just take my word for it. But yeah. Um, but then we get to the Jaguars and Colts game. So. This is hard for me because I am a Carson Wentz fan, and I have defended Carson Wentz a mild amount. But unfortunately, this game was just absolutely inexcusable. You have the opportunity to win. Uh, no, you have to. You have the opportunity to clinch your playoff seeding, to clinch your playoff berth if you beat the worst team in football, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Carson Wentz put up. Hold on, let me let me. Let me actually look at the stats. Carson Wentz, a Carson Wentz-led offense, put up 11 points against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Carson Wentz threw for 17 of 29, 185, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 15 carries, 77 yards. I don't understand why they didn't rely on Carson Wentz more. I mean, not Carson Wentz, on Jonathan Taylor more, especially since He's been the best running back in football since Derrick Henry's been out. I don't get it. Um, they also allowed rookie Trevor Lawrence to throw for 23 of 32, uh, 223, and two touchdowns. I don't really get it. 
Um, I don't understand how this Colts team, who they 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 just needed to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars and they failed, and because of that, they fell out of the playoffs. So I'm not really sure what happened there. It's sad because you know their season they really turned their season around from that rough start, and I really thought that we, I was going to see Carson Wentz in that Colts uniform in the playoffs. Uh, facing off against someone because this this Colts team is a good team. I believe they deserve to be in the playoffs. They're better than at least three teams that I consider well, not I consider that are playoff teams. At, at least I would say that they're better. Um, but yeah, just an unfortunate situation for the Colts and Carson Wentz, especially. This, um, you know he's he's played past he's he's actually played pretty damn decent this season. So you hate to see his demons come up. And defeat him once again. Uh, but, you know, you got to come back stronger next season. Uh, hopefully he does come back stronger and better next season because I am still rooting for you, Carson Wentz. If you ever listen to this, just know Maurice is rooting for you. You're probably never going to listen to this. But, hey, I said it, and it's on record. Um, more Week 18 shenanigans. The Titans hold off the Texans to clinch the one seed in the AFC. Uh, this game should have been open and shut. Unfortunately, the Titans... Like, let them back in the game. I don't know how. I think they, at one point, it might have been either 14 or 21 unanswered points on the Titans side. And they just, the Titans just kept scoring. Uh, the Texans couldn't hold the Titans offense for shit. And so the Titans clinched the one seed that way. What a weird way to clinch the one seed to an absolutely terrible team and making it a, a, a basically a shootout at that point. Um, moving on, the Steelers defeat the Ravens to clinch a playoff spot, barring a tie, which we will get into uh, a little bit later. During that game, T.J. Watt ties Michael Strahan's single-season sack record with 22.5 sacks in only 14 games played, which, which, um, you know, a lot of people have been saying that some of these records shouldn't count because they're getting an extra game to play. Um, you know, T.J. Watt... 22 and, a half, 22 and a half sacks in 14 games played is pretty damn impressive. And what I, w- I would consider, you know, if, if he would have broken the record during week 18, I would have, you know, said, hey, I think he deserved to have this record seeing as he's only played 14 games. Um, heartbroken for him that he didn't break it. Um, but, you know, that's a crazy record to even come close to. And he tied it. He now holds along with Michael Strahan, that single-season sack record, with 22 and a half games and only 14 games played, which just shows it, he probably would have broken if he had, uh, like, played the full season. So congratulations to T.J. Watt, and congratulations to the Steelers for making the playoffs. Again, we'll touch on that in a little bit. Speaking of clinching playoff berths, the 49ers defeat the Rams to clinch a playoff spot. Um... So Matt Stafford's doing the Matt Stafford thing where he plays really, really well and then plays really, really bad sometimes. So he did that. He, he did the thing. Also, um, the 49ers have really ever since – hold on. I want, I want to bring this game up too. Ever since – I don't want to – I don't really know when, but it feels like ever since – the football NFL fans have counted, have started to count the 49ers out. They just turned it on. 
um, there was a specific point in the season where people were very hypercritical of the 49ers, and rightfully so because they, they have their own uh, issues to deal with. But, like, this 49ers team ended up 10-7 and 7 was not what I had on my radar, especially how did they st- – I think they start off the season like 3-5 and five or something like that. Let me check. Uh, if I can bring it up, is it gonna? All right. They started off what? Okay, one and zero, two and zero, two and one, two and two, three and two, or two and three, two and four, three and four, four and five. So they they started off five and five, and then rattled off wins against the Jaguars and then the Vikings, and they lost to the Seahawks. Then they beat the Bengals, who are a playoff team. Then they beat the Falcons. Then they lost to the Titans. It, it's a it was a really like weird season for them. Um, but congratulations to them for you know making the playoffs in the NFC and clinching uh, a second wildcard spot in the NFC West. Which I do believe at the beginning of the season, I think I said that there would be two wildcard spots coming from the NFC West. I'm not sure on that. And of course, it's recorded. And if it is, uh, I believe the episode's still up. I shouldn't. I don't think I took it down. Um, but yeah, I, I think I said something about that, which is kind of crazy to me that that actually came true. Um, that just shows how good the NFC West is. NFC West is very, very good. Um, but yeah, the 49ers have always seemed to have the Rams number. I don't really know why. Uh, this game specifically, this this week eighteen game went to overtime, which it really should not have. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo threw for a touchdown and two picks. Debo Samuel threw for a touchdown. That just shows you what they think of Debo Samuel. He's doing everything. Um, Brendan Ayuk had a pretty standout game: six receptions, one hundred and seven yards. Um, glad to see that they're actually using him how he's intended to be used, and not like wasting him how they didn't in the beginning of the season. Uh, I feel like that really unlocked some things for this offense and how inconsistent they are with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance as the uh, the quarterback. Stafford did what Stafford's going to do. Uh, he threw for three touchdowns and two picks. I mean, I'm not surprised at this point because he's shown like we, we know that Matt Stafford is a gunslinger. He's going to throw the ball. He's going to throw it a lot. He's going to throw picks, and he's going to throw touchdowns. That's what he does. He's going to he's gonna go for it. He's going to make some stupid decisions, and he's going to look like a fucking genius sometimes. So I'm not surprised at Stafford. Um, I am surprised at the Rams defense, who in past weeks hasn't lived up to their star status. Um I don't know what it is against the 49ers. Aaron Donald just doesn't seem to play well against the 49ers for whatever reason. Um, they only they allowed 27 points, which isn't a lot. Well, it's it's a decent amount, but it's more than you would want your star-studded defense if you're the LA Rams to uh, allow, especially to a team. With a, with a quarterback as inconsistent as Jimmy Garoppolo, as we can see because he threw two picks. Um, th- that That's where you got to give credit to that Kyle Shanahan system. Um, he's just an offensive genius. Uh, and, you know, I'm, 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 I'm bringing up he, he's an offensive genius and the other coaches, Sean McVay. 
So like, what are, what are we really talking about here? Um, really two great gifted offensive minded coaches. Um, yeah, just a, a, a really good game for the 49ers. They needed this game to clinch their playoff spot, and they did indeed clinch their playoff spot. So congratulations to them. Um, now, in the final game of the regular season, the Raiders defeated the Chargers in overtime from a field goal that knocked them out of the playoffs and put the Steelers into the playoffs. So remember how earlier I said how the Steelers defeated the Ravens to clinch a playoff spot Unless the Raiders and the Chargers tied. So I watched this game. In, I, I, actually, I did not watch this game in full because I believe the Bulls were playing. But I did watch the third and fourth quarters of this game, right? Raiders-Chargers. The score was 35-33 Raven, uh, Raiders. Why did I say Ravens? Um, this game really came down to the wire. And before I say anything about the Raiders, I want to give... Uh, Justin Herbert, his props. He's he's he was absolutely amazing in the clutch when they needed him to be. He threw the ball sixty four times, which should never happen. He only completed thirty four of those. That's like barely over fifty percent completion percentage. And he threw for three hundred eighty three yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Um, he should never have thrown the ball that much. But when you get into a situation that they were in, he had to throw the ball. And so I do understand. The Raiders kept giving up uh, fourth down plays that led to firsts. I don't know um, why that was. Well, no, I do know why that was. The Raiders' defense has been soft and squishy and very, very bad at times this entire season. So uh, I'm not really surprised that. The Raiders even allowed it to go to overtime because they were leading in the fourth quarter. And the Chargers had to, I think they had to drive the entire length of the field, or if not, uh, very close to the entire length of the field. Um, yeah, and they just kept allowing Justin Herbert to throw the ball to whoever he needed it to to get the fourth down conversion. They kept doing so, eventually allowed a touchdown. Uh, went to overtime. The Raiders had the ball first. Turnover on downs. Or no, they punted, I believe. Then the Chargers had the ball. They punted. And then the Raiders had the ball again. And the drive was coming to a screeching halt. They were just outside a uh, field goal range. It was like 30 or so seconds left. I think it was a third and four. It was like a third and four or a third and six, right? And then out of nowhere, Staley calls a timeout. Brandon Staley, head coach of the, the Chargers. He calls a timeout, and it's, everyone's confused. Because the Raiders didn't call this timeout. The Chargers called this timeout. And so while we're trying to figure out what's going on, after the timeout, the Raiders run uh, up the middle with Josh Jacobs. Was it Josh Jacobs? It was with someone. They ran They ran it up the middle with, uh, with someone, and they picked up like eight yards. And that eight yards, not only it got them the first down, but it put them in field goal range. So, and it was confirmed after the game that um, the Raiders were just going to take the tie until Staley called that timeout. So, I don't really know what was going through Brandon Staley's head, why he called that timeout. I don't, it doesn't even make sense from a, a winning standpoint because 
like you know that you make the playoffs with a tie. You know that you don't have to drive the length of the field if they like. I, I don't get it. The and. It's really mind-boggling because this was after both teams had already had possession of the ball. So a field goal wins this game no matter what. So if they kick this field goal and make it, you're not getting another chance at the ball. So why are you calling a timeout to preserve time when the Raiders are clearly killing time off the clock? I don't get it. I don't know why that occurred, but... uh, yeah, it did, and because these teams didn't tie, the Steelers made it into the playoffs. So that was Week 18. Now, the NFL uh, playoffs are set, all the seedings are set, and all the matchups are set. So let's take a look at some, and I will give you guys my picks for who's going to win it all. Give me one second. All right, so on Saturday, January 15th, the first playoff game for what they're now coining as Super Wild Card Weekend. I thought it might have been just for last season, but no, this is Super Wild Card Weekend from now on. And it's weird because they have a game on Monday, but whatever. Um, So there are six games in total for Super Wild Card Weekend. I like that name, by the way. I I really like it. Um, On Saturday, January 15th, the Las Vegas Raiders will take a trip to Cincinnati to play the Bengals at 3.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, Later on, after that game is concluded at 7.15 p.m., the Patriots take a trip down to Buffalo where they will play the Buffalo Bills. Moving on, we have Sunday, January 16th. The first game is at noon Central Standard Time. The Eagles take a trip all the way to Tampa to play Tom Brady Brady and the Buccaneers. At 3.30, we have a classic all-time rivalry between the 49ers and the Cowboys uh, as the 49ers take a trip to Jerry World in Arlington and play them. And at 7.15, the late-night game for Sunday, we have... Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas taking a trip to Kansas City to play Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And finally, we have the final game of Super Wild Card Weekend. The Arizona Cardinals take on their division rivals at SoFi, where the Super Bowl this year will be held to play the Los Angeles Rams. So, uh, here are my picks. For the Raiders at Bengals game, give me Bengals. And what's more than likely going to be a shootout, um, I think Joe Burrow and this offense has really clicked in the past few weeks. They have a very, very threatening receiving core. Um, Tyler Boyd has been playing very well. Uh, Jamar Chase should be the offensive rookie of the year. And T. Higgins has stepped up big. Joe Mixon has also done his thing. I think those three, Joe Mixon, um, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase all have thousand yard seasons, which is absolutely insane. And you know this this team, if if when when they play this game, I feel like they're going to make it extremely fun. It's going to be a shootout, and I got the Bengals coming out on top for the Patriots and Bills game. Give me the Buffalo Bills. I don't really see. So here's the thing with this game. Um, 
The Patriots are obviously going to have to rely on the run game. As we saw previous, the Bills, when they were forced to stop the run, they only allowed 14 points, right? Now, when they do eventually have to rely on Mac Jones, which they're going to have to, I believe that this Bills defense is extremely well coached and they play so they their run D is is very good. Um, so I believe that they're going to have to they're going to have to eventually end up relying on Mac Jones and the Patriots receivers. And when they do that, I think that the Bills are going to have to make sure that they capitalize on those mistakes when they do occur, if they occur, uh, because you know we have a rookie quarterback playing his first playoff game. If he's going to make mistakes, you have to capitalize on those. And I think that the Bills, in combination with um, their offense, uh, which has struggled at times, um, their offense and their defense, I think that they are poised to win this game. And I would not be surprised if uh, New England barely put any points on the board. Uh, For Eagles at Buccaneers, obviously give me the Buccaneers. I'm not betting against Tom Brady against uh, a team that hasn't made the playoffs in When's the last time they hold on? I gotta look this up. Eagles playoff berths. When's the last time that the Eagles made the playoffs? Uh so yeah, last year they they missed the playoffs. So they hadn't made the playoffs since 2019. They also have a second year quarterback in Jalen Hurts, who's been very inconsistent this season. He's been up and down. Um, that being said, this Eagles roster does have a lot of talent on it, so I wouldn't be surprised if they gave them a little bit of a fight in the first half or, you know, tried to, like, mount a comeback or something like that when the Bucks get careless, um, if the Bucks get careless, but I don't see the Buccaneers losing to the Eagles. For the 49ers at Cowboys game, this might be a little bit of an upset or a little bit of a shocker to some people, but I'm going with the upset. Give me the 49ers over the Cowboys. I know I just said that um, Jimmy G and this team as a whole has been – no, I didn't say this team as a whole. Jimmy G has been very inconsistent, and at this point I'm coining the phrase Mr. – I'm coining him as Mr. Inconsistent until he proves me otherwise. But, 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 but. I think that the 49ers have enough talent on the offensive end to, if it needs to be a shootout, they can make it a shootout. But they can make it a shootout in their way with their creative run schemes and stuff like that. I don't think they're going to, I don't think that the 49ers are going to want to air the ball out too much, especially um, to Ayuk or, or uh, especially the Trayvon Diggs side. Um, Trayvon Diggs, as we all know by this point, he's a ball hawk. He's a guessy ball hawk, and he's going to guess. He That's just what he's going to do. Jimmy G is going to make a mistake when you force him to throw the ball X amount of times. If he throws the ball 25 times, there's bound to be at least one or two mistakes in there. So... Uh, I think that if it needs to be a shootout, it can be a shootout. I think that's what the Chiefs, not the Chiefs, I think that's what the 49ers don't want this to turn into. But with that being said, I just don't know how much faith I have in this Cowboys team. Um, I don't I don't know how, wait, let me bring them up. Cowboys, Cowboys record, right? 
So we got the Cowboys. How many games have they played and won against a team that was 500 or above? Uh, or, yeah. So they beat the Buccaneers. No, they lost to the Buccaneers. They beat the Chargers. I believe the Chargers are above 500. Are they above 500? Let me see. I think they're 9 and 8. Or are they 8 and 9? Uh, if my phone wants to load, it doesn't want to load. All right. Um, let's just move on from that. There was like something had came out or there, there was a statistic that said like the Cowboys had only beaten teams that were like under five, under 500 for uh, some stretch of the season. I don't know. They lost to the Cardinals. Uh, they beat the Eagles both times, but the Eagles aren't super good. Um, they beat the Raiders. No, they lost to the Raiders, who are a playoff team. They lost to the Chiefs, and that game basically got the Chiefs back in order. They only put up nine points against the Chiefs. So, yeah, they have been disappointing against uh, teams in the, that are in the playoffs. They did beat the Patriots, though. Um, and they did beat the Chargers, but that was a very low-scoring game for a Cowboy standard. So, yeah, um, I'm not sure how much I trust this Cowboys team in the playoffs to actually, like, deliver because they have struggled to deliver against, I don't want to say big opponents, but opponents that aren't absolutely fucking terrible. So, yeah, give me the 49ers on that one. Steelers, Chiefs, moving on to the next matchup. Steelers, Chiefs, give me the Chiefs. Um, I think this is going to be Big Ben's final game as a Steeler and final game, you know, of his career. I don't think that the Steelers have the offensive firepower to keep up with the Chiefs, even though the Chiefs are hurt. And I don't know the status of Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey at this point. Um, if they can maybe capitalize on a few of Mahomes' mistakes, then I could see them scoring that way. They get a short field because Mahomes throws an errant pick. I don't know. I really don't see the uh, Steelers beating the Chiefs. But anything can happen. So let's, you know, I, I guess we'll wait and see uh, what happens there. Um, what's the next matchup? Cardinal. Oh, the, the final matchup um, is Cardinals-Rams. Give me the Rams. So now I know that the Rams and the Cardinals, when they played, uh, let, me, let me actually check and see who won. Both times. Because is it not gonna why are why are we not loading? Give me one second. I wanna check to see who won between these two teams when they played both times. Uh the Arizona Cardinals. Ah, uh, why is that playing? That's annoying. That's okay. We look at the Cardinals. No, I just wanna see their record. Classic unprofessionalism by me, but you guys wouldn't have it any other way. Okay, so I'm bringing up their full schedule. The first time they played the Rams, they beat them. They beat them 37 to 20. And the second time they played the Rams, they lost. They lost 23 to 30. So the Rams and the Cardinals are 1-1 one one this season. I'm going to tell you why I picked the Rams to win this game. When it comes to offense, <clears throat> excuse me. When it comes to their offense, the Rams clearly have the better offense. Um, the Cardinals are dealing without 
they're dealing without DeAndre Hopkins, and Kyler Murray has been in a sort of like a down slump ever since he got injured, and he hasn't really returned to form since. Um, the Cardinals' defense has been weird in the fact that like like they can they can hold up they can hold up against the Cowboys' defense. I mean, they can hold up against the Cowboys' offense, right? And then they'll go around and allow 34 to the Panthers, or they'll hold the Packers to only 21 um, to only 24 points, and then like they'll allow 33 to the Vikings, which the Vikings have a good offense, but like you gotta show some consistency. They haven't been in any way consistent. They allowed 30 points to the Lions, like. They allowed 38 points to the Seahawks. The Seahawks' offense hasn't been great this season. Uh, and that was in the last game. They lost the last game. So I don't know what the I – don't, I don't really know what it is with the Cardinals. They started off, what, it was like 8-0 and then lost like six of their – they lost one, two, three, four. They lost four of their last five. Yeah, they, and then they lost four of their last five. I don't, I don't get it. Um, the Cardinals have been really weird this season. I really wanted them to be the bet, go out and be the best team in the league this season. Unfortunately, that's just not the case, and that's not what happened. So yeah, my picks for Super Wild Card Weekend are Bengals over Raiders, Bills over Patriots, Buccaneers over Eagles, 49ers over Cowboys, Chiefs over Steelers, and Rams over Cardinals. Do not forget that the Titans and the Packers both are the number one seeds in the AFC and NFC respectively and have a bye week. So, with that being said, let's get into my playoff power rankings. I'm going to be ranking the rest of the teams that are, you know, all of the teams that are in playoff contention. I'm going to rank them 1 through 14. And, yeah. So... Before I get into that, this is actually going to be uploaded to my TikTok, not this audio clip, but I w- I, I do have um, like separate I have separate parts of this tick of the TikTok that is going to go up. So once this episode drops, I'm going to drop the first um, TikTok. It's going to be a series of four TikToks that is going to be the exact same thing that I'm explaining right here. It's just going to be in TikTok form to help people. Uh, find this podcast and see, you know, if they like it, stick around, and I can gain an audience and a viewership. Cool? Great. Um, Please, please, please go uh, follow the TikTok if you do not follow already. My TikTok is at 4verticalspodcast. That is, again, at 4verticalspodcast. Spell it all out. When this episode is up, that TikTok will have been published, and I will be working on part two later on today, Wednesday, January 12th. And that part two should actually be up before the day is over, right? All right. Now that that's out the way, um, starting at 14, I have the Eagles. I think the Eagles are clearly the worst team in this uh, left in this playoffs. I actually don't know how they snuck in. Um, I basically counted them out midseason, but that's what I get for counting out a team. Uh, an, an NFL team. Um, like I said earlier, the Eagles have plenty of talent, but like the quarterback play is too inconsistent. The defense is terrible at t- well, terrible when they're at their worst and mediocre at best. So 
you know, what are like what are what are we really doing here? The coaching isn't fantastic. So I think this game is just gonna be all but a formality and the Buccaneers are going to probably kick their ass. Um number thirteen, I have the Steelers. Um they got a nice veteran defense, but their offense is ran by Big Ben, who cannot push the ball down the field more than five yards at a time. That's a problem, especially when you have a secondary as weak as the Chiefs have been. Like you're, you, you want to test those cornerbacks, and you want to, you want to make them do their job. You can't make them do their job if you're just, you know, throwing five yard out routes and slants and shit. So, um, yeah, at number thirteen, I have the Steelers. Uh, I think, I think these, uh, you know, first two teams are. Should be like everyone's, like bottom two. I, I think that's for sure. But uh, yeah. So now this next one might not make any sense with me saying that uh, they beat the Cowboys, but I do have the 49ers here. I don't like what I've seen from their quarterback situation at all. I definitely don't uh, think Jimmy G. Um, I don't think Jimmy G is gonna start next season at all. I think they're just gonna give it full-time to Trey Lance, and Jimmy G's going to be his backup, which is fine um, if you believe in Trey Lance like uh, many people do. My opinions are, I don't have any opinions on Trey Lance yet, so, you know, we'll we'll just see what that ends up being, but they're going with Jimmy G to start off this playoffs, um, whatever, I guess. Their defense has regressed. Their secondary is, like, very, very, very pushover, so... Yeah, um, their front seven is great though, and again they do have Kyle Shanahan, and he is a miracle worker when it comes to that offense. I don't know how he makes it work, um, but yeah. At number twelve, I got the Forty Niners. At number eleven, I got the Raiders, who would be higher, but um, Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller are both questionable with injuries. I'd actually. Josh Jacobs played in week 18, so he suffered some sort of injury there. I think he'll probably be all right for the their Bengals game. Deanna Waller has been out for a significant time uh this season, and I don't see I don't foresee him coming back. Um so I don't I don't think that Derek Carr is going to be able to, you know, will this team to a playoff victory like he so Pete so desperately deserves to be uh like a, a quarterback with <laughs> With a, like a competent team around him, because he's he's a great he's a great quarterback, um, but his defense is absolutely fucking trash. They also really don't have a head coach. I don't I forget the name of the gentleman who's uh, stepping in as interim head coach after uh, Gruden was fired. But um, yeah, lack of coaching or strength of coaching is probably going to be an issue. Also, uh, so I got them number eleven. At number ten, I got the Patriots. Um, their offenses, whatever their offenses. Their defense, essentially, their defense is stout. Bill Belichick's a wizard, you know, but at some point when you have to trust a rookie to throw you, what am I trying to say? If you, if, if at any point you have to trust a rookie to, you know, drive down the field and win the game for you, you know, I don't care who the rookie is unless you're like rookie Peyton Manning and even still he threw hella picks his rookie year so uh yeah their their ranking is based off of their anemic offense that relies heavily on depleted running backs who I don't necessarily think 
are they're they're basically I think their running backs are playing above what they're cap not playing above what they're capable of because obviously they wouldn't be playing how they are playing, but they're playing above their uh typic their typical level of play. And I think that that's gonna come down and I think that the Patriots are probably just gonna be a uh wild card exit. Number nine, I got the Cardinals. Ooh, voice crack. <laughs> At number nine, I got the Cardinals. Um, the offense has taken a nosedive with the departure of DeAndre Hopkins due to injury. Also, again, Kyler Murray has not been the same since he's been injured. And their defense is Swiss cheese. So, yeah, they're at number nine. I do rank them higher than the Patriots, though, because I do have somewhat uh, faith in Kyler Murray and their offense because he has been able to at, – at this point, he's, he's I would say he's about at least – 75 80 percent to back to what he was not perfect but you know that's capable of doing some pretty spectacular things when you are kyler murray number nine i got the cardinals and number eight i got the cowboys um dak prescott he's good ezekiel elliott he's good their receiving core they're good they're online they're great their defense has stepped up but um at times has gotten exposed trayvon diggs um yeah, I don't I don't know. They're good. I, I can recognize they're a good team. Still think they're gonna lose to the 49ers, and that's probably gonna be my upset of the playoffs. Um and number seven, I have the Bengals. Now the Bengals are an interesting case because Joe Burrow in his second year has had some phenomenal games and he's had some fucking terrible games. There was when they played when the Bengals played the Bears this season, there was a moment where Joe Burrow threw a pick. Okay, understandable. You know, picks happen. On the next possession, he threw a pick, and that that wasn't that was the next the next offensive play. And on the next offensive play after that, he threw another pick. He threw three picks in three straight, three straight offensive possessions. That's like unheard of and like something that should never happen ever. And then you got. You got a game like when they played against the Chiefs where he's throwing a Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase had more yards than Patrick Mahomes did. I will repeat that because that's fucking insane. Jamar Chase, rookie Jamar Chase, had more receiving yards than Patrick Mahomes had passing yards. It was in the 200s. Jamar Chase. Nope. I have to, see, now I have to look it up. I'm going to look up Bengals Chiefs because that was a very good game. Uh, it was a shootout too. 30, yeah, Patrick Mahomes had 259 passing yards. Joe Burrow threw for 446, four touchdowns. Jamar Chase had 266 receiving yards on 11 receptions and three touchdowns. Like what? That's 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 not like – I will say this. The sky is the limit for this offense. They will go as far as Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase take them. They will go as far as they take them. But their defense has to be better. Like, their defense has been probably, I want to say somewhere between good and inconsistent good and inconsistent, like they're inconsistently good, like they, you don't allow 34 points to the Chiefs, I mean, not not to Chiefs, you don't just shut out 
the Ravens not not shut out. You don't allow the Ravens to only put up 17 points and then the next week turn around and allow 34 to the Jets. Then you get steamrolled by the Browns, who ha- offense is like mediocre with Baker at the helm. And when you play the Raiders, you hold them to 13 points. Then you get steamrolled by the Chargers, whose offense is pretty good. And then the next time you play the Ravens, you hold them to 21 points. Um, so, yeah, they're all, they're, uh, their defense has been good at times, inconsistent uh, pretty much through the entire season. So they I, – I, I'll retract my previous statement. They won't go as far as Joe Burrow takes them. They'll go as far as their defense allows them to go. Because I think Joe Burrow and with the, with the way that the Bengals are playing, I think they, they strike him when the iron is hot. They're ready. They're ready. They did lose this game to – they did lose that game to uh, the Bengals – I mean the Browns, but um, Joe Burrow didn't play. Jamar Chase got two receptions. Like they, they didn't have everyone uh, – their starters didn't play, which is crazy because I think they had a chance to take the one seed. And they just like didn't play their starters. I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I talked that length about the Bengals. I really think this team could do something in the playoffs. They could, they could, they could, they could shake something up. Um, I believe they could, but uh, it's it's gonna rely on their defense to not be uh, Swiss cheese for once. Um, the Rams are number six, kind of low considering that I do have them winning the Super Bowl. Um, yes, that is my pick to win the Super Bowl. I think that the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. It's going to be a Rams and question mark, question mark, question mark, Super Bowl. I don't know who's going to take it in the uh, AFC side. I really don't know. But, yeah, my Rams are my pick to win the Super Bowl. So I have them at number six because of how, honestly, they're at number six because of Stafford. Um, I talked a lot about inconsistent quarterback play with the Eagles and the 49ers, and I talked about it a little bit with uh, the Cardinals. If Matthew Stafford can channel whatever energy he had for like the first three, four weeks and play like that in the playoffs, then this Rams team is definitely going to the Super Bowl, and I see them winning the Super Bowl at SoFi. Um, if we get inconsistent Matt Stafford, then they're probably going to lose in the divisional round to whoever they play. It's just as simple as that. We know that we know that he's a gunslinger. We know that he's going to put up yardage. We know that he's going to attempt to put up points, and we know that he's going to throw picks. Hopefully, he can channel the best of himself and exercise those playoff demons that have been plaguing him his entire career as a lion. And I don't want to see them rear their ugly head when he puts on that Rams uniform and he plays uh, this wild card weekend or any of these games, uh, barring you know they win or hoping if they win, I should say. So, yeah, Rams are number six. Bills are number five. I don't have very much to say about the Bills. Even, no, I lied. I have a lot to say about the Bills, right? If I bring up the Bills schedule, I'll bring up the Bills schedule right now. The first game they played, they lost to the Steelers. Steelers are a playoff team. Sure, whatever. They shut out the Dolphins next game. They beat the brakes off the football team. They beat the brakes off the Texans. They beat the brakes off the Chiefs. And then they lost to the Titans, right? That's, that's, that's two shutouts in five games, which is pretty impressive. They held Washington to 21. Pretty good. They held the Chiefs to 20. If you remember, this was in October. The Chiefs were playing like shit. 
This was this is like right when the Chiefs start playing like shit, right? So, count them up with me. We're gonna count how many uh, playoff teams the Bills have beaten. They beat they lost to the Steelers. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Titans. Uh, they lost to the Patriots once. They lost to the Buccaneers. They beat the Patriots once. And that's all the playoff teams they face. So, I'm, I'm going to count it. Chiefs is one playoff team they beat. Patriots is another playoff team they beat. When it comes to playoff teams, they are, what's that? This is 0-1. This is 1-1. This is 1-2. This is 2-2. Two two. They are 2-3 and three against playoff teams. If my if if I know how to count, they played them once. Yeah, yeah. They're two and three against playoff teams. The Colts, who are not a playoff team because they lost, beat the Braves off of them 40, 41 to fifteen. So if the Colts had made the playoffs, they'd be two and four against playoff teams. I think that the Bills haven't been challenged. Well, I think that when the, let me restart, when the Bills have been challenged by an opponent that is equal or better than them, they have folded in the light. And I think that this is going to creep up probably some in that in that divisional round when they might have to face the Chiefs, when they might have to face the Titans, or whoever they might have to face. I think it's going to rear its ugly head. They're probably going to get past the Patriots. They're probably going to. But they're, they're, I, don't, I don't see them going very far in this playoffs. Maybe maybe they can uh, reach the AFC Championship. Maybe. But, um, yeah, they have struggled against playoff teams this season, and it's gone under the radar. It, it really annoyed me that it was going under the radar because a lot of people tried to, like, a lot of people had this in their mind. Excuse me. A lot of people had this notion in their mind that the Bills' defense was just, you know, it was, it was super stout and it was it was crazy. It was It was great. I mean, I get it. They, they there were two shutouts in in the span of three games. They played the Dolphins and the Texans. Like those aren't high powered offenses that you should be. I don't want to say you, you should always be proud of the shutout, but you you don't want to brag about. That's like me bragging about beating a kindergartner in a basketball game. You're you're supposed to, like, come on, come on now. What, what are we doing? Um, so yeah, the Bills are number five. I put them up here because obviously they have the talent. Let's not kid ourselves. And they are in their own right there. I mean, they, they are a good team. I don't want to, I don't want to confuse this. I don't want to confuse you guys into like thinking that I'm saying that they, they aren't a good team. They are a good team, but they have struggled to beat teams when they're the, the, the playing field is equal or when the other team is clearly better. So, you know, that. Hopefully it doesn't rear its ugly head for them. I'm predicting that it will. And number four, I got the Chiefs. We know what the deal is with the Chiefs. I don't have to explain it, so I'm going to move on. At number three, I have the Buccaneers. I don't have to explain what it is with the Buccaneers, just like I didn't have to with the Chiefs. We know what's going on. We're not stupid. At number two and one, I have the Packers and the Titans. And the Packers are number one seed. Um, I have them there because they are the... They do hold the buys in the NFC and AFC, respectively. And between them two, the Packers is the better of them. So, yeah.
That's This is my power rankings for the playoffs. I'll restate it once again. Again, this will be going on my TikTok. This episode is up when if you are listening to this uh, podcast. If you're listening to this episode of the podcast, this, epi- this, this TikTok is up on my TikTok. Please go to 4 Verticals Podcast on TikTok and watch and support. Follow, you know, throw me a comment, throw me a like, do whatever. At number 14, I got the Eagles. 13 is the Steelers. Number 12 is the 49ers. At number 11 is the Raiders. At number 10 is the Patriots. At number 9 is the Cardinals. At number 8 is the Cowboys. At number 7 is the Bengals. At number 6 is the Rams. At number 5 is the Bills. At number 4 is the Chiefs. At number 3 is the Buccaneers. And the numbers 2 and 1 are the AFC and NFC division leaders. The Titans are number 2. And the Packers are number 1. Enough playoff talk for right now. Let's get into some of the head coach and GM firings or... Hit a front office job. Well, not front office. Uh, coaching, coaching job firings. Um, probably the most confusing news of all. Head coach, former head coach Brian Flores of the Dolphins was fired on Black. We're, we're coining the term Black Monday. Uh, it was fired on Black Monday. I don't get it at all. Um, they went nine and eight this season, and they started off fucking terrible. They really picked it up in the um, second half of the season. Like they they started off they started off one and four, they started off one and five actually, they started off one and six, they they started off one and seven, and then rattled off one two three four five six seven straight wins. If that's not the sign of a good coach, I don't know what is. Um, I don't know. This is a weird move by the Dolphins. I think that Brian Flores is definitely going to get a job as head coach somewhere. I know the Bears are interviewing him. He's going to go somewhere, and he's going to make that team better. This was definitely a mistake by the Dolphins. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. Uh, I don't think they were thinking, actually. Um, Head coach Matt Nagy of the Bears, along with GM Ryan Pace of the Bears, fired, uh, to much to the joy of Bears fans everywhere. Um, I know that my roommate is very happy that the Bears uh, fired Pace and Nagy because, uh, you know, I, I, felt, I, felt, I felt at least like uh, it was just Nagy's time to go. His, his tenure as a Bear started off promising, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was not – it, it was it was time for a change. Um, head coach Mike Zimmer, he's gone. Uh, GM Rick Spielman, also of the Vikings, he's gone out of there. I think Mike Zimmer, his time was definitely up. Um, I don't know who their defensive coordinator is. I think he needs to go as well, um, but I'm not the one that makes those decisions. Rick Spielman, he's out of there too. Um, Anthony Lynn, who was Anthony Lynn head coach for, uh, offensive coordinator for? Anthony Lynn, former uh, head coach of the Chargers. Oh, uh, Lions. Yeah, uh, former offensive uh, offensive coordinator for uh, the Lions. Anthony Lynn, he's gone. Head coach, Vic Fangio, formerly of the um, Broncos. Also former defensive coordinator of the Bears. He's gone out of his uh, head coaching job. He's probably he's definitely going to find a defensive coordinator job somewhere. Um 
If I had to guess, I'm not going to guess because I don't know where where a defensive coordinator job is uh, freed. Uh, Joe Judge fired. He was fired actually Tuesday. Um, I don't know why they waited till Tuesday and not didn't do it Monday. And uh, general manager Dave Gettleman of the Giants retired on Monday. So that's all of the uh, coaching vacancies. Uh, we still have Urban Meyer. He was fired, of course. Um, John Gruden. He resigned. So those are among some coaching vacancies that have to be filled. Uh, when I know when they're filled, you'll know when they're filled. So yeah, enough of uh, basket. I mean, excuse me. Enough of football. Let's get to our final topic of this podcast. Let's talk about some basketball. First thing I want to talk about is the NBA MVP race and the disrespect that is being put on, I was going to say Lamar Jackson, DeMar DeRozan's name. If I look, NBA MVP tracker, if I look at the NBA MVP tracker right now, right, if I look at it, the last update was January 8th. The last update was January 8th. And on January 8th, they listed, what did they list? They listed the Giannis as number one in MVP ranking. They listed Kevin Durant as number two. Jokic is three. Joel Embiid is four. And Steph Curry is five. That is a problem because why is DeMar DeRozan not at least top two in MVP discussion? Now, this may this may come off as me sounding biased because I'm a Bulls fan. And I will admit, I am a, a tiny amount biased because I am a Bulls fan. But... When you look at what he's done for the Bulls, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bring up Demar Derozan's stats right now. I'm just gonna bring up his stats. If I look at Demar Derozan's counting stats, he's averaging he is averaging 26.2 points, a career high since 2016, where he averaged 27.3. He's shooting 49.3 percent from from the field, uh, career high 35 percent from three. Yeah, that's career high, right? Yeah, that's a career high, 35% from three, 5.2 boards, 4.8 assists, less than a steal and less than a block. Oh, did I mention that the Bulls are number one, the number one seed in the the East? Oh, I didn't? Oh, okay. Yeah, he's the best player on the best team in the East. I don't get why he's not getting his respect, probably because it's DeMar DeRozan and they don't respect him. Uh, They think this might be just a phase. I don't know, or not just a phase, but like it's just a an, an upwards peak in uh, productivity, like like uh, Julius Randle had last season. I don't get it. I don't understand why Demar Derozan isn't getting his respect as an MVP candidate, especially like when we look at okay, if you look at Kevin Durant, I'm not saying Kevin Durant is not a fantastic player, obviously, but the Bulls are currently two and zero against the Nets. We play them tonight on primetime television. We're 2-0 against the Nets, right? We haven't played the Bucs yet, but we're a higher seed than the Bucs. Jokic's team is a sixth seed, seventh seed right now. Um, Joel Embiid is playing great, but if we look at the standings, they're the fifth seed. Yeah, no, uh, the Nuggets are a sixth seed. My apologies, but... The uh, the 76ers are a fifth seed. Why is a why is a fifth seed team have someone that's getting MVP recognition? 
That is not how the hit in the history of the MVP award. There's only been there's only been very 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 specific circumstances under where a number one, two, or three seed team did not have the MVP. And the only one I can think of is when Russell Westbrook averaged a triple double and led the Thunder to that eighth seed. But every everyone can attest that hey, that was a deserved MVP to give to him. But now we're we're, we're attempting to reward players whose teams are struggling. Why? I don't I don't get it because that's not how the MVP award has ever um, been awarded. Steph Curry, people are going to try and shoehorn him into the front runner as MVP case. No, he's been playing like shit for uh he's been playing like shit for like about a month and a half now. He's been shooting terribly ever since he got the no, ever since before he got the record. Actually, um, so yeah, if you ask me, DeMar DeRozan is my MVP this season. He is number one, and number two could probably be Giannis or Kevin Durant. Uh, that was just me as a Bulls fan ranting that they're not respecting uh, my team enough. So yeah, we're done with that now. Um, the Bulls are the number one seed, though. Like I'm, I'm happy about that. I also want to talk about that. The Bulls are the number one seed, and we have two and a half games between us and the Nets. That is subject to change, though, because we play the Nets tonight. So if they win, then I mean we'll still be the number one seed, but uh, we'll be we'll only be a, a game and a half in front of them. But like we're pulling away from the rest of the Eastern Conference. I like this. I'm I'm very excited and I'm very happy that. The Bulls are back. The Bulls are good again. Like I haven't seen the Bulls good since the Derrick Rose era, and I'm 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 happy about that. So of course I'm going to get, um, you know I'm 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 gonna get a little heated about my team because like it's it's my team. Like I am a Bulls fan, and I will remain a Bulls fan forever. Anyway. Enough about the Bulls. Y'all don't want to hear me talk about that forever. Um, Clay Thompson has returned. Clay Thompson in his return game, um, he played fine. I mean, you don't you don't want to. He he played twenty minutes. He shot. He he scored seventeen points. I think he went what seven of eighteen and like one of three for three. Um, yeah, you 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 like to see Clay Thompson returning. Um, Clay Thompson, bona fide Hall of Famer in my book. Um, I'm glad to see that he was able to overcome all of his setbacks and make it back onto the court, make it back onto the hardwood. Definitely going to see um, what he brings to this Warriors team. Um, if he can, you know, come back as even 80% of what he was, then um, that's this this is, a, this is a very scary time for the rest of the league um, when the Warriors get back to full strength. Um, yeah, Steph's been on a cold streak. Don't know much to say. Don't know what really to say about that, but he'd been on a cold streak. Um, here are my top five teams in the league, though. So I'm going to edit this on the fly because I don't have my Warriors as the number one team in the league. As Steph Curry has been struggling, I don't even have them as number two, nor do I have them as number three, right? So at number one, I got the Suns. The Suns have been playing very consistently. They're the only team without 10 losses yet on the season, and they are fighting tooth and nail with the Warriors to be uh, for that one seat. At number two, I have the Chicago Bulls. Do I really have to say anything? Like, I, I think we're the second best team. I think my power rankings, I think we're the second best team in the league right now. 
At number three, this may shock you if you haven't been paying attention to basketball. I have the Grizzlies. This Grizzlies team has been on fire ever since John Morant went out with injury. I don't know what it's been. This Grizzlies team has like unlocked a new form or something. I don't I don't know. They have been absolutely amazing. John Morant's playing like he's playing out of his mind. In my opinion, he should be an all-star starter. Oh, that's what we're going to get into that next week. We're going to get into my all-star picks next week. Yep, yep, yep. I'm glad I just thought of it on the fly. I'm right. I'm going to make sure to write that down later. Um, yeah, this Grizzlies team has been very, very good. I'm excited to see what their ceiling is with John Morant healthy and playing on the field. They actually just beat the Warriors 116-108. Uh, uh, how much did Ja? Ja dropped 29. Um, out. Uh, he dropped a game high 29, excuse me, outscoring Steph. Steph had 27. He had a 27-point triple-double. Um, John Morant came came up really big in a clutch. So, you know, it's great great to see that this um, Grizzlies team is, like, rounding out to shape. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, what they bring, what they bring. Like, what I, I just want to see what they bring. Um, and number four, I got the Nets. With the addition of Kyrie Irving only being able to play away games, they're 0-2 um, in away games since Kyrie has joined. But, um, I mean, I, th- I think those are like ticky-tack losses. You No, they're not 0-2. Are they 0-2? I think they're – are they 1-1? One one? Are they 0-2? No, they are 0-2. Um, they lost in – yeah. So they lost against the, uh, the Bucks. No, they lost against the Pacers and they lost against the Blazers. Um, uh, oh, Kyrie's Kyrie's actually going to be in action against the Bulls too. I didn't know that because um, that this is a home game for us, so he's going to be able to play. Um, yeah, I have the Nets as number four. Interesting. Um, I just I want to see what they're able to do. And at number five, finally, I I have the Warriors. Look, it's not to be – no, you can't overstate that this Warriors team is a fantastic team, but Steph is in a shooting slump. He needs to get out of it, and he needs to get out of it soon because he's playing like shit, and everyone knows it. That's that's just that. Um, their defense is still phenomenal. Um, they have Klay Thompson back now, so, you know, that's that. Um, they got great role players. Great, great pieces off the bench. Wiggins is having an all-star caliber year. I actually think he should be an all-star. Spoiler alert for um, my all-star picks. And, uh, yeah, Warriors are my number five team in the league. Here are some teams trending up for the final final topic. Um, teams that are trending up, the Grizzlies, obviously they're trending up. The Mavericks, the Mavericks actually ended our win streak, the Bulls' win streak. We had a nine-game win streak going into that game into Dallas. Um, they ended it. Um, they have been on fire as of recent, so uh, good for them. Um, the Miami Heat also deserve special recognition because they are playing uh, severely handicapped and currently are the third seed in the East. Uh, so shout out to them. They have some really, they got some real gems on the bench. Like this guy, his name is Omar Yurtseven. He's been playing pretty good. Uh, what's the other guy's name? Kyle Guy. He's been playing pretty good. There's someone else I'm forgetting. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't watch Heat games too much, but there's this one other guy that's on the bench. Um, he's been playing pretty good for them too. So 
yeah, Grizzlies, Mavericks, Heat, all teams that are trending upwards. Teams that are trending downwards, the Lakers, they fucking suck. The Knicks, they fucking suck. The Hawks, their defense is terrible. And the Celtics, I don't know what the well, no, I know what the problem was with them. They don't have a true point guard, and this team can't fucking shoot. And their coaching is situation is really weird as they just moved um damn it, what was his name? They just moved their former head coach up to a GM position, and they hired Ime Udoka, who is, um, fun fact, if you did not know, Ime Udoka is Nia Long's husband. So uh, shout out to him, shout out to Nia Long. Um, I, why can't I think of his name? He was a really good coach. He was a really, really good coach for the Celtics. I, ah, I got to look this up. Celtics former head coach. Uh, what is his name? I, I can't. I can't. I can't think of his name. And of course, my laptop doesn't want to load. Whatever. You know who I'm talking about. If you know, you know. Um, but yeah, this episode has been long enough. I don't have anything else that uh is on, you know, the topics for this episode. So as far as I'm concerned, this has been the Four Verticals podcast. Please, please, please go check out the TikTok. Um, follow, like, do whatever you want to do for the TikTok. Uh, just go support. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to get this TikTok thing going, and I want to um, expand my audience so that many people, as many people can hear my voice as possible um, because I want this to be my job. And what better way to... you know, What better way to make money than to be your own boss? Like, that would be crazy. And you got to start somewhere, so I'm starting right here. Please, please, please go check out that TikTok. Like, uh, comment, share, do all that, and make sure you follow the page at Four Four Verticals Podcast on TikTok. That is, again, at Four Verticals Podcast at TikTok. Now, before I leave, I just want to uh, thank you all for sticking with me. I know that I left you guys without uh, podcasts for a little bit over what was that like two 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 months so um i'm sorry about that again i'm not leaving anytime soon they will be weekly they will come out on wednesdays and maybe not around this time all the time because i can record them earlier in the day but still um yeah so please 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 stick with me and i'm gonna stick with you as well Thank you for supporting. Thank you for listening. And without further ado, I'm out of here. I'll see y'all next Wednesday.